Hey, it's Kathy. I just want to let you know that I'm doing a free five-day workshop. It's called the Abundance Activation Challenge, and it starts today. And it's not too late for you to join us. Today is the last day to join. Go to kathyheller.com slash five day to sign up. The pre-party has been happening and it's been such a blast. There's so many high vibe women in there who are ready to call in more abundance. I know that you will love that you showed up for this. I'll be live at 9 a.m. Pacific, 12 noon Eastern every day this week, teaching you how to become a master manifester. You are just going to have the best time. If you want to join us, sign up at kathyheller.com slash five day. Hey guys, it's Kathy. You're probably wondering, what is this? A surprise episode? So happy Sunday. Uh, yeah, we recently announced that we were going to try out an experiment. For the next few weeks, we're going to drop a bonus episode every Sunday. And it's a little different from our usual episodes. Uh, very different. We wanted to share some real life talks with you. So you can see sort of the messy behind the pod, you know, what's going on behind the scenes of this podcast. What's it like for me right now in the middle of this pandemic? In the middle of quarantine, I wanted you to see our marriage, what it's like for us raising our kids, what we fight about, what we're struggling with, because there's so much going on right now. I felt like this might be supportive for you. And we invited some of you guys to sit in on this chat. So it was really fun because we did this in front of a live virtual audience. If you want to check it out and you want to get in on the next time we go live on Zoom to do one of these, then um, there'll be a link in the show notes and you can add your name to the wait list. So in this episode, you're going to get an introduction to Lowell, my husband. We're going to talk about things that trigger us. We're going to talk about what we learn from the amazing experience we each had individually at onsite, which is like a personal development, deep self-reflection time. Um, we're going to talk about what it's like to be married to someone with really big dreams and um, how we spend money differently. We're going to talk about the pet peeves we have about the other person. It's just us keeping it super duper real. And it was actually really fun and meaningful. I'm excited to do more of these. So take a listen and uh, I hope you guys like it. Hi guys. So my husband is in a different part of the house and he is getting on and we are hoping that all this is going to work. Well, there you are. Can you say hello? Hello. I just, <laughs> I just made it home in time. That's a joke. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I didn't go anywhere. We don't go anywhere. We no. All we did this morning was argue and, uh, and, no. and we were, he cleaned the kitchen, which was nice. Listen, listen, listen. Okay. It's and the laundry. Don't forget the laundry. You did do the laundry, but boy, were you on my last nerve this morning. Listen, mm. here's the thing I want you guys to know about this. Okay. This is exactly what this is for. This is called real. This is called unedited real life. And I think we all could use some of that. So here's what we're going to tell you. I'm going to start out by telling you for a few minutes why we're doing this, like what this is, and then uh, we're going to answer some questions and just hang out. All right? You guys up for it? Yes. Let's do stuff and hang out. Awesome. All right. So basically, my show is me in the seat where I'm like, here's what to do. Here's the answers that I found out. Here's how I was able to make seven figures doing fun stuff empowering you, exciting, awesome. And the truth is that um, one thing I've been spending years and so much time and so much money on is my marriage and my own personal development so much. And I don't think that I have all the answers by far. But what I do know is that I think it's important for you guys to see the other part of my life, like behind the podcast, behind the pod. And I think especially now in this quarantine where we are all home and we are all having very real human experiences, 
I just thought it might be cool to share with you our real human experience. And maybe, oh, maybe that will offer some support. Maybe some of it will just make you feel like, oh, we have those same problems. I feel less alone. Or maybe, oh, that's really cool that you guys figured that piece out. And maybe we could try that too. Because we have spent probably hundreds of thousands of dollars on therapy, retreats, meditation, yoga, like every single possible thing, breath work that we can do to just heal from childhood trauma. Who knows what I'm talking about? So, um, cool. We all do. And anyone who says that they don't, like, I'm not the person who's like, hi, I'm Kathy Heller. And here's my Instagram. And here's my avocado toast. Like that doesn't work for me. It just doesn't because no one's eating great food every day. No one's having sex every day, unless you are. And if you are, and if you're here, raise your hand because I need to know how you do life because you're amazing. Um, but no one really is. And so I thought that we would just sort of like do the following. I thought we would introduce ourselves, although you guys kind of know who I am. So I thought it might be fun for you if he introduced me, like, what would you say to someone who doesn't know me? Like, how would you introduce me? And maybe I'll introduce you. And then I also thought we could talk about what maybe is the biggest thing that we've learned about our marriage. Like since the time where we stood under the chuppah, I got married, like what was one of the biggest things? There's probably a, a thousand, 15 things, but what's the biggest thing? Maybe we could start with that. And then we have a bunch of your questions. So Lowell, why don't you start? But why don't you first tell the, tell the good humans who you are? Who I am? I, I, that's a question I've been asking myself for years. So I'm Lowell. Uh, I'm Kathy's husband. Uh, that's how most people call me. Uh, most people don't actually know my name. It's a really hard name. And his it's sister's a difficult name, name is Jennifer. I, I don't, like to, I don't yeah. get it. Yeah. Like your well, my, parents went with Jennifer and Lowell, which is not. It turns out it was actually part of a psychological experiment to see <laughs> how that would how that would work out. You Introductions know, are a disaster. People like everyone calls you Joel. Or Joel, Lloyd. Uh, Noel, Lloyd. Or like one yeah. time that guy's like Lord and you're like, yeah, my name is Lord. Yeah. That's correct. It, it just something about it. Like people just refuse. But to... when you go to Starbucks, you give them a different name and then they're like calling you by the name Ben and then you don't make your coffee, right? It's happened one time, one time. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, you're like, so... and then you get upset. He has a little bit of the road rage. I'm, we're so different, you guys. You Wait and see what you learn about how... Whatever I am to the other extreme, this is where he comes in. So it's an interesting blend. So tell them more about yourself other than your name. Like, what do you want? Like background? All right. Yeah. Well, I went to nursery school at a local nursery school. Is that too far? Too far yeah, back? we don't have that kind of time. Okay. okay, fine. So basically, just in a nutshell, I grew up in Los Angeles, uh, stayed here for college, went to law school, was a lawyer for a bunch of years. Um, and uh, that's all yada yada stuff. Then uh, married Kathy ten years ago, and uh, you know we try to try to keep it together. That's our, <laughs> that's our motto. Um, um, so, <laughs> so um, but uh, but yeah, oh I like the other part. Where, do I get to describe you now? Is that I like that? Sure. Okay. Go do. ahead. Whatever. Do whatever you want. Okay. Kathy is a, a young upstart from. Uh, <laughs> from florida she's very enthusiastic likes to uh, make decisions fast and furious uh, she's a very positive person very contagious personality in a good way and so that's uh, you know presumably everyone that's on this you know listening to this podcast knows that picks up on that and uh 
likes, you know, to help people, likes to empower people, encourage people. And, you know, kind of one of the, the funny background parts of this was the podcast is called Don't Keep Your Day Job. And so anyone going into the podcast knows what they're getting into. Uh, but before this podcast existed, Kathy would do this kind of one-on-one when people would come over unsuspectingly for a meal at our house. And so, you know, usually you hear one spouse, you know, being empowered by what Kathy's saying and the, and the other spouse like, no, 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 what are you doing? You can't, you can't quit your job. Are you crazy? So we, we recommend you do this. If you're in a couple, we recommend you do this one at a time. But that, that's a very, very top line summary of Kathy. Yeah, that's so true. Thank you. That's very, very sweet. And I would say about you to introduce you. So I would say you're a very pure person. You're very kind, like good soul. You can just stop right there. Let's just stop right there. Let's just stop there. They don't need to go. It might take a turn. It might take a turn. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. Um, He proposed to me using a Scrabble board. So we went to the park and on the board, it said, Kathy, will you marry me? Like in Scrabble tiles. And so at our wedding, we had Scrabble tiles on all of the tables. And then like every table was like, you know, had like a Scrabble tile. So you knew like you're at letter E or you're at table F or whatever. Which one gets the most points? I forget. I don't know. Maybe those were the people secretly who we liked the most. So we liked the people at the Z table most, maybe. I don't know. I'm joking. But um, (laughs) the point is that so at the table, so one of his best men, he gave a little toast and he said, we were sitting at the table trying to make up words that would describe Kathy and Lowell out of the Scrabble tiles. And there were two of us who actually wrote the word pure. We were trying to describe Lowell and everybody else wrote nothing because they didn't have enough tiles. But the point is this, that I think you are very much that kind of person. Lowell had a very tough childhood uh, and so did I, but I think he gets the prize. I think his was harder. And instead of complaining about it, I never heard him say anything like that. I just heard him sort of be very grateful that he had what he had and was, you know, could like wake up and just like look at the clouds. Like his favorite thing when we were dating was to just like sit at the park and just be there. We were on uh, a budget, you see. Yeah, that's true. But um, you also, you're not, you like to sit, you know, like, like with the quarantine, when it started, I, w- I looked over and I was like, oh, you're digging this. Like, I was like, you like a good quarantine. I was well prepared for a quarantine. Yeah. He likes to be sedentary, <laughs> you know, um, but you're a very good athlete as it turns out. That's a funny thing, but you don't take compliments well, so you're not going to receive that well, but yeah, just a very pure person. And, um, parents marriage was super volatile and kind of awful. And, uh, I always wanted to get as far away from my childhood home as possible. It was just not a safe feeling to be there. And then my parents got divorced, which was kind of like a big relief, even though it kind of got worse and then, and then maybe got a little bit better. But I felt like Lowell was one of those people, like I just felt safe. I felt home. I felt like he, he also, I remember we were first dating. I like got all dressed up. I was wearing like really cute clothes. My hair was curled, like good mascara. And he was like, you know, you don't need to do this. Like I kind of, like you could just wear jeans and like a sweatshirt and whatever. And um, at first I didn't really get it. I didn't really understand it. The way that I was loved my whole life, I was loved for being like cute or impressive or helpful or sing in the living room and everyone will think that that's awesome and do something or, or save our marriage. You know, my parents would like literally sit with me and tell me all of their problems. Why doesn't he talk nicer to me? Why is he this way? What? So I kind of felt like I needed to be really like on all the time. And 
I remember we would, when we were first dating, we would sit at the restaurant or something and he'd say, you're such a good storyteller, but like, aren't you tired? Like, I like you. Like, you don't have to say anything. Like, I would just want to be here with you. I just think you're cool. So like, you don't have to do anything. You don't have to be like, that was a really good story. Like, you don't have to tell me anything else. Like, you don't have to do that with me if you don't want to. And I, I didn't understand that at first. I was like, what's wrong with you that you don't appreciate? This is what I do. I felt like I'm Jerry Maguire. This is why I go in the living room and I close, you know, like that's what he does. Like, I felt like this is what I do. And I think you were teaching me unconditional love. And so at first it was like, I felt a lot of shame around that. And then I realized what an absolute gift. Um, but we had a really rocky start. We broke up for seven months. Um, I felt physically in pain when we were broken up. It was horrible. Uh, but we broke up for really big reasons. Like I needed to figure out how to self-regulate and like self-soothe. When we were first dating, I don't know how, if any of you re- relate to this, but I was so reactive. Like it was so easy for me to get triggered, especially because the stakes were high. Like before Lowell and I dated, every guy I dated, I didn't really like, I liked them a little. So it was kind of safe. And then when I was with him, I was like, I really respect who he is, his character. He's such a good human being. Why would he be with someone like me? Oh my God. Like he's such a refined person. He didn't have any money and he slept on the floor and his dad died when he was a kid and he got through it and he put himself through college and law school and he's really smart and he went to great schools and he's funny too. And he has really good sense of movie taste. Like he's not pretentious about it though. Like, of course he's the guy who likes to watch smart movies and knows the stuff before other people know it. But like, he doesn't even want to talk about that. He'd be like, yeah, I like Bill and Ted's. That's awesome. Like he's just so not pretentious or he doesn't care if people know that he has an MBA and a law degree. He's like, who cares? Like, I don't even mention it. I don't need them to like me. They're going to like me for who I am or they're not going to like me. And I'm like, what is that superpower voodoo you're doing? (laughs) I want everyone to like me. Like I want the world to be impressed. Like, so being with him was like the most incredible self-development journey because it was like, how about just be yourself? And some people won't like you anyway, Cass, like let them go. Who needs those people? And he's kind of a Scorpio like that. Like he's like, they don't like us. All right, I'm done. Like move on, (laughs) you know, like, and that was so freeing to me. So I would say just very like pure, like kind, Um, I had never met anyone like that. Like in Los Angeles, everybody wants to drive a new cool something and live in a bigger, better. Like he always says, like people would be like, oh, this is your starter home, a great starter home. And he's like, what does that mean? Like, why? Why do you need more stuff? And I think I've taught you how it doesn't have to be one or the other. Like I think being with you has really grounded me, but I love five-star hotels And I think by now you've gotten used to Hotel Bel Air in the peninsula. I think you like it now. But there was some resistance. Like I remember the first time we go to a five-star hotel and you were like, not necessary. And now you're like, I like it. It's pretty good, right? What do you think about that part? Well, we still, uh, certainly I I recognize that five-star hotels are nicer than two-star hotels. But (laughs) whether it's worth the, the expense is another, a whole other story. But yes, certainly I can appreciate nice things. We are so different when it comes to spending money and money in general. Um, And so much of that is because Lowell grew up 
like there was so much scarcity. And so he is such a good saver. He, and he like loves Warren Buffett. He's like, that's my dude. The guy eats at McDonald's, $1.17 every day. Richest guy in the world. Like, love it. Drives the same old Honda. That's my man, you know? And I'm like, it doesn't have to be either or. Like, what if we can show our kids that we can be super kind and we can have so much and we can enjoy it the same way we would have plenty of love, plenty of water, plenty of oxygen. We can have plenty. And so um, it's been an interesting journey to see you kind of walk into those shoes. And when we got married, you guys, no one would believe that this is a couple. And he, he gets so uncomfortable, but you know, I now am in that seven figure club. When we got married, we were scrapping together just how to pay for that wedding. Like we didn't have anything. And I didn't, you know, marry you thinking that we would have money. In fact, I think the way you lived, I think I thought you had even less than you had. And we lived in a little apartment that we rented and I was a struggling songwriter. And Lowell's whole thing was like, you don't have to work if if you don't want to, or, or if you do want to work, you should work, like do whatever you want. And that was kind of a gift. And uh, it worked out well. I always say you invested in me and that wound up being a good return on your investment. You want me to say something? (laughs) Um, (laughs) uh, Yeah. I mean, yeah, growing up, no, my family didn't have a lot of money, but my mom uh, didn't work. So she stayed home with uh, kids. And so I always, you know, sort of saw that as a very positive thing. So, you know, when Kathy and I got married, she didn't have a, you know, a particular career at the time or a particular job. And so my thought was, yeah, you know, we plan to have kids. So it's like, if you want to just be with the kids, that's great. And that, you know, worked out, I thought, well for me. Um, Or if you want to work, go, you know, get a job. I don't, you know, kind of, I didn't really look at her for, you know, kind of a financial contributor. You know, if she wanted to be great, if not, that's not an issue. And you, kind of- I have to say, I have to give you tons of credit because in every single time where I was going to start a new venture or, or sort of take a new risk, he was like, great, that's awesome. Do it. So when we were first married and I mean, when I tell you we didn't have help, we still don't. Like if anything, we are the people who help our parents more than the other way around, which is fine. Um, it's just the way that it is. But um, we didn't have, and I was like, I want to write music and I'm going to need to go to the studio and it's going to cost me money. And he was like, okay. And he was like, I don't know where you got this belief in that. But I remember that first year, like the joke you would make is like, you're only helping our taxes because there's so much losses, right? Do you remember you saying something like that? I do, I do. Said, yeah. <laughs> but it was like in a sweet way. You're like, well, good. You helped us with taxes because we got money back because we lost so much money. But like I was spending that first year, second year, $20,000 a year recording music, you know, slowly, like you'd spend $1,500 on this track and then $2,000. Um, but it wound up being amazing. And I remember like, Two and a half years in, I started making some like real money. My music was in like a Hasbro commercial, a Walmart commercial. I think I made $150,000 and, and he was like, great. And you still weren't, I remember you weren't like, okay, so take half of that money and pay half of this rent. It was kind of like, keep going, do what you want to do. So I just was kind of free to build this thing, you know? And then I thought, oh, maybe I should do the next thing. And you were like, yeah, that sounds like a good idea. We would like talk about it. I think I'm going to start an agency. Or when I was pregnant with our third, I said, maybe I should create an online course for songwriters. People are asking me that. And you were like, 
yeah, cool. Do it. Try it. See what happens. You know? So I did that. And then when Maddie was born a few months after that, I had this idea to start a podcast and I was so excited because I had just said, I want to start a podcast. That seems like a good idea. And then the next day, this is like synchronicity. Uh, one of my songwriting students said, Hey, Kathy, I was just hanging out with this woman we know who works on podcasts and she was saying they're looking for talent. I think you'd make a great podcaster. And I was like, Lowell, look at this email. I just said I should start a podcast. And he's like, that's awesome. And I said, I'm going to go have a meeting with this woman. And she was a, the person who to this day, her name is Maddie. She uh, helps sell the ads for our show. And she had worked with Adam Carolla and she had worked with Bill Burr and a bunch of other podcasters selling ads for big shows. And I said, oh, what do I have to do? And she's like, well, why don't you see if you could start a show and within six months, see if you could have 12,000 listeners. Like if you could have 12,000 listeners by like six months or a year from now, then that's like a little bit of a following. You should just try it. I'm like, I came home. I'm like 12,000 listeners. There's no way. I was like, I'm not going to have 14 listeners. What am, this is crazy. And um, the baby was 10 days old, our baby. And he said, you know what? Why don't I, I'll sleep with the baby. I'll wake up with the baby. Why don't you let me take care of that. And you try to get some sleep and just try it. Just start if you really want to do it. And so I did. And the very first episode, Apple featured the episode. And we were like, this is unbelievable. That's crazy. And then uh, we had like, you know, we saw the numbers like 47,000, 100,000. We're like, oh my God. And then it was just kind of amazing. Like the show really took off and our life has changed so much since that has happened. Um, and of course, I'm always one step ahead of the game. Like I'm always, I feel so much, and this, this could be an entire class in and of itself, but I feel like so much is self-permission and, and it's all energy. I feel like when you resonate in a certain place, the world like comes into harmony with you in that place. So, so much of it is your energetic, like taking a stand, owning it, claiming it, having the courage to be like, this is who I am. This is what I'm doing. No one's going to come along and give you permission and say, hey, we just wanted to pop in. We're giving you permission to start a podcast. Or hey, uh, we're giving you permission to start this online course or whatever it is. And on the other side of giving yourself that permission, just epic things, epic things have happened. And I've always been that kind of person who like always sees it sort of ahead. Like as soon as we started making real money, I was like, let's buy a really big house. Let's buy a gorgeous house. And he was like, oh my God. He was like, what are you doing to me? I remember we were driving to Disney on ice and he was so mad at me because we were in escrow. And he's like, how on earth are we going to afford this house? I cannot believe you're buying a house that's millions of dollars. Like this is crazy. <laughs> and I'm like, because it's here. It's here. Let's do it, baby. Let's have it. And so uh, we bought the house. And then I think that year my income like doubled. And then the next year my income tripled. And now we're like, where are we going next? Like what kind of land do we want to have for quarantine? Like we're home. Let's just have space and like a creek. And he always is like, you make up these like theoretical, but we're so different, right? We're so different. But, but what was that journey like for you on your side of it? I guess for me, I, I don't know. I kind of feel like, you know, we are very different, as you said. And so I kind of looked at it like, I'll do my thing and, you know, let you do your thing. Um, because we do, you know, it's almost like a, in a, you know, like if you have an investment portfolio, you know, you don't put all your money into technology. You have some technology, you have some utilities, this, that, and the other thing. And it's kind of like, all right, I'll 
stay in my lane and you stay in your lane. Um, and then in that way, we kind of complemented each other. I, I mean, I guess something you've talked about before and, uh, you know, I guess other people talk about it was like, I don't identify myself by what I do for a living. So I, I didn't really take it personally, you know, kind of like, you know, in terms of like, if you made money, that wasn't at all threatening to me as I look at it, like if I make a dollar, you know, that's a dollar we share. If you make a dollar, that's a dollar we share. So I kind of always just looked at it like I give you the freedom to do what you want with your time and, you know, and your energy and whatever it is you want to do because you had that, you know what I mean? Like, don't take this the wrong way, but you'd make like a terrible office worker, you know what I mean? And like, yep. so it's kind of like, all right, you know, I wouldn't have thought to tell you go get a job at an office. It's like, you, you know, you do what you do and, you know, you kind of, you know, found your way the way you are and the way you communicate, you've been talking like this for presumably long before I met you. But the, you know, the way the world was, you know, there was no podcasting, you know, and podcasting and online courses, you had all these skills that you've, you know, loved and worked on your whole life. And then, you know, combine that with the, the fortunate circumstances of, oh, the world has changed. And this is how people communicate. And you don't have to have like a a TV show on broadcast television to reach people and to communicate with people. So yeah, it's been great to watch you kind of find your, your footing and really, you know, kind of connect, you know, with people and, and really make a difference. And you took on waking up with that baby for a long time. She didn't sleep through the night for like several years, two and a half years, probably. Uh, yeah. Yeah, no, our last two kids, uh, there's some debate about the, our middle kid. but The middle I, kid was definitely mixed. I cannot believe uh, that you think right, that you well, took that on. But the we'll, last one, I give we'll you credit for that. that uh, yeah, no, that, I mean, that's the thing where I, I don't sleep all that much. So um, I would sleep more if, if not for the kids. But it's not a big deal for me to wake up and then eventually go back to sleep. So that was one of those things where rather than have arguments in the middle of the night who's going to get up and we just sort of you know assign me to deal with all that stuff yeah and that was very awesome my my friends like couldn't believe it and i have to say like not to throw her under the bus but you know my mom doesn't have a great track record of feeling like she can trust men and rightfully so my dad wasn't very kind or respectful to her and it was pretty traumatic so like when, when Lola and I would fight when we first started dating, or I remember on our honeymoon, oh, we had the worst honeymoon. Like we get, we should do an entire episode about how bad honeymoons really are. And I want to meet the three people who have great honeymoon. I want to meet you. I want to have you over and study you. <laughs> We had such a bad honeymoon. There was such expectation. I was so annoyed with him. I like befriended this other couple at the bar. I was like, I'm done. I went to the concierge, like, get me home. Um, anyway, so I called my mom and my mom was like, annul it. Get over it. Let, let it go. Get it. Yes, move on. Break up, break up. My mom's always like, over, 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 over. Like I said, so it's really hard. I don't have like tons of support. Um, in that department. My sister, by the way, is always awesome. She's like, Lowell's the best. How dare you? You stay there. You sit it out. You deal with it. I'm like, yeah, she's such a good sister. Um, but the reason I bring that up is because when you started watching that baby in the middle of the night, every time my mom would be like, you don't need this. You can have anyone, Kath. You're, you know, whatever. Look at your legs. Look at your bank account. Look, you know, that's my mom. I'm like, mom, why are you talking about my legs? Anyway, I would say <laughs> he gets up with this baby and she would go, okay. And I was like, no one does that. Like, 
name the guy who, who offers and then does it. And she's like, all right, fine, fine, fair enough. And now in the quarantine, I was like, he's amazing. He's doing every dish, all the laundry. And she's like, okay, well, he, he should do those things. He should do those things. I'm like, oh my God, like give him the jewel. Give it to him, please. Uh, but I want to say something very, very sweet, which is that when we bought this house, okay, so two things. One, there was a moment where I came first by myself and I got the key with the realtor. Anyway, so I came here by myself and then she left for a second. She handed me the key. I was here by myself for like a few minutes and the house was empty, no furniture, no one was here yet. And I stood in the living room and I just looked around and I was holding this key and like the tears were streaming down my face. And I was like, oh my God, like, I can't believe these two kids. Like when Lowell and I got married and people were like, you guys going to buy a house? We're like, houses are a million dollars. Remember when we were first looking at houses? That's what they cost then, 2009. They'd be like, ask your parents to loan you. Do you remember that? Every realtor, like, you'll borrow from your parents. We're like, no, we don't have any of that. Nothing. You know, like our moms live in rent controlled apartments. Like he doesn't have a father. My dad is like totally different story. You know, what are you talking about? And here I was like holding the key to the house. And of course I have three little girls. So I was thinking about Rapunzel and this song they play in the car all the time where she says, all those days watching from the window, all those years outside looking in. And I was like, oh, I could cry right now. I was like, oh my God, like this is our home. Like we, and, and what we were able to build in terms of like the ability to buy it, like brick by brick, it was like courage, like empathy, trying stuff, failing, falling on your face. Like just the amount of spiritual technology that went into being able to buy this house. And when we bought the house, I wrote a letter to the woman who owned the house prior to us. It's a, it's a brand new house, but she owned what was here. And then they had torn it down and built it. And it was her childhood home initially. And I wrote her this letter and sent her a picture of my kids. And I was like, I want every, I was like, the reason I want to buy this house is because I want everyone who walks through this door to feel seen. I want this to be a place where when people come in, they're home. Like they don't have to earn it. They don't have to prove themselves, whether they're here for an hour or a week or they live here, like their home, like this is just a safe space. And we've hosted so many gatherings here and it's just been such a blessing. Like, you know, it's amazing how, and, and when we first moved in, I was like, wow, it's like 4,500 square feet. It's so big. It's amazing how quickly we could use all the space and make it so messy. But one thing I want to say about you is that I showed your sister the house you weren't here for some reason. It was like we were moving stuff from the old house and we were standing upstairs and in our bedroom is like gorgeous. You can see the Hollywood sign, downtown mountains. It's really pretty. And she looked at me and she's like, this is amazing. And I said to her, you know, when we bought the house, I said to my husband and I told her this, I said, who deserves this more than him? Because he asked for nothing. And we both cried. I said, he asked for nothing. So he deserves it because he would have been fine with nothing. And she was like, you totally get him. I was like, I know. So, you know, it's like one of those things. It's like, there's a lot that goes into it. And, and it is interesting because Lowell's always like, oh, I don't want people to think we have or don't have. Uh, like, you know, I drive a brand new BMW, which I love. And he just wouldn't want any of that. <laughs> I was like, buy a BMW, buy a whatever, get a Porsche. And you're like, oh, people will look. I go, we're in LA. Like they won't even notice you, you know? And you're like, yeah, but I don't like when people count money or this. 
And it is interesting. My point is like, we couldn't be more down to earth, right? The thing is that we did lose a few friends, I would say, on the way up. <laughs> we did lose a few friends. There are a couple people who won't be there to celebrate with you. They kind of make up some reason to not want to be in your life, but really maybe they just, I don't know, feel threatened or something. But you make better friends. I feel like we've made better friends. And, um, you know, I hope that we, we show our kids that it's not one or the other. Like, I think a lot of people are raised to think, um, you know, you're poor and you're a grounded, kind person, or you're rich and you're a jerk. I don't know. I mean, we know a lot yeah. of rich people who are really sweet and generous and kind and way, way more wealthy than we are. Yeah. I think it's, it's kind of like, like in movies, like an Adam Sandler movie, there's like every character is black and white, really horrible and rich or really poor and yeah. amazing. It's yeah. like, yeah, life is very, very nuanced and there's certainly not inherently anything wrong with money or or inherently wrong with being poor so yeah it's all just kind of a a mishmash yeah and one other thing i'll say about us is that we laugh at the same things and we cry at the same things and i think that that says everything because we are so different <laughs> but if somebody is extremely humble we'll both be touched by that if somebody is self-sacrificing, we'll both be touched by that. If somebody's going through a hard time, we'll both lean in. We'll both get teary really quick. We'll be the first two people crying. And of course, you'll be like, something's in my eye. And I'll be like, I'll look at you and you go, don't look at me. Like, but we both cry very easily. And then we, we find the same things funny. So that, I think, keeps us together. But in between that, it's a lot of suffering too. <laughs> it's a lot of suffering. So let, let's talk about that for a second, just to make it super real. What is one of the things that you feel like that you've learned since we got married? Like one of the things that we've struggled with the most, maybe that we've worked on. Uh, oh boy. I, I feel like a lot of what we fight over is sort of the, the notion of like, we're two separate people and then behind each of us, you know, like I've, I always make the, I made up this analogy, but it's kind of, like we all bring a wagon, you know, meaning like, you've got all your childhood experiences and beliefs and views and mishigas. You guys can Google that if you don't know that word. Um, and so that's the thing when I'm talking to you and you're talking to me, it's not that simple. It's like, Oh, I've got my wagon and you've got your wagon. And it's like, Oh, it makes a simple conversation very complicated. So I think just the awareness that, a lot of times when we fight over something, like we go to the mall on a very pleasant day with no rush whatsoever, and we'll manage to get into a huge argument saying, wait, how did, we, how did we do that? So just the idea of like, okay, well, I got to have to be mindful of kind of how I speak to you and how I voice my opinions on things and try to, you know, listen, even if you say something that I feel a little sideways, just so you can like, mm -hmm, okay. And, and that's still a, challenge even with the you know kind of the awareness of all that it's still yeah. very very challenging well you know what i think is interesting and the, the reason i use the word suffering is because i think pain is inevitable i i think that every one of us the part of the human experience is that things are going to be painful there are things that we're going to grieve there are things that we're going to find so excruciating but suffering is optional pain is inevitable suffering is optional the suffering is what we do with the pain that sometimes is not actually helping us be with it or heal it. It's just like this 
onslaught of all this stuff that we do and we get kind of attached to it. It becomes a survival strategy, some of it. And we're being funny about it. And we're saying, you know, we, like everybody else, we struggle, which is true. That's not funny. That's, that's the absolute truth about our life. But one thing that I really want to give us credit for, and I do think that this could be helpful to other people. I really do. I think that as much as we put ourselves down and we're self-deprecating, there are certain things that we've done in our marriage, which are epic. And I really do feel other people, if they did that, would it possibly would make all the difference. And so to give you an example of that, what he was just saying about how we all bring a wagon, right? We all have this stuff that comes with us from our parents, our childhood stuff. Everything really comes down to inner child work. So he's right. Like when you're arguing with your spouse, you think you're arguing with your spouse. You think you're pissed off because your, your husband's on his phone or you think you're pissed off because your wife just told you to do something and you didn't like her tone. But really it's because you're looking for the evidence that you see, you're just like my mother. You see, that's exactly how my father spoke to me. And da, 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 da. and then you're reacting to that person with all of that anger, with all of that frustration. It's like, you're back in it and you're back there. You're eight years old and you're in the living room and you're doing it. You're like duking it out. And we just celebrated our 10 year anniversary in December. And uh, we talked about what we should do for our 10 year anniversary. And of course I was like, let's go to Paris. Let's have a huge party. Let's go back to where we got married and let's have an even bigger party. And we'll have the same people, but more and this. And he was like, oh my God, no, none of those things. Just to give you a little sample of Lowell to sum it up. We had the most amazing wedding and I loved it so much and it was beautiful and it was in Malibu in like the, in a farmland kind of space with like twinkly lights in the trees and barn is great. And as we pulled away, we we're quiet and like going down the PCH and we're in the limo and Lowell turns to me and this is our first moments alone after the wedding and he puts his hand on mine and he goes, so glad that's over. Like that was not like sums it up. Right. <laughs> right, honey. And I was like, what do you mean? It's the best moment ever. Whatever you do it. So he didn't want to do any of that stuff. And so I was, and then I got really triggered. What do you mean? It's our 10 year anniversary. I was so mad. I was so upset. How can we be together another 10 years? You don't want to punctuate. You don't want to celebrate. Like I'm ready to celebrate every, but the point is I was like, I want to celebrate. What are we going to do for our 10 year anniversary? And to bring it back to what I think is really epic about us what we decided to do is go to onsite. It's essentially a one week intensive where you work on yourself. And uh, we went, we went separately. We went without each other and you give up your phone and you just work on yourself. And I think that says a lot about us that that's what we were willing to do for our marriage and for ourselves. And I do think that it, that week made a huge difference. Although it's hard to see that sometimes right away. And the work that they do there is all on your sort of like inner child stuff. It's sort of like going back and looking at like, what are we carrying around? And oh my gosh, you guys, we could do some exercises with you where you would be like literally transformed just by looking at some of the stuff you don't even realize you carry around. It's an incredibly exquisite thing. But I do think that that is what I learned. And what I can tell you specifically that I've been working on this whole decade that we've been married is... Um, my deepest core stuff that gets triggered in my marriage is uh, I'm all alone. That's my stuff. My stuff is I'm alone and you don't see me and I'm drowning. So it's very easy for me to look for the evidence of, see, that proves I'm alone. See, that proves he's not with me. See, that proves it's 
Because when I was a kid, I was literally drowning. There's this amazing exercise they do at Onsite where um, it was the most powerful thing ever. And you know, what's really cool about Onsite is you're in a group of 70 people and then they split you up into groups of like seven. And then the person leading your group, who's a psychologist, will do different things with every person in the room. And it creates such a beautiful, safe, amazing experience. But one thing that happened with me, and Lowell didn't do this, I don't think, but with me, is um, she said to me, pick someone in the room to play you as a kid. And I said, oh, okay, so you could play me. So this girl plays me as a kid. She, she goes, okay, have her sit there. And then she says, now have somebody play your mother and have your mother walk over to little Kathy and, and hand her this huge pillow. There were these big pillows in the room. And with every pillow, have your mother tell her something that's like that, that she would tell you that's really heavy for you to hold as a little kid. So, you know, here comes this person playing my mom. And I would say to the person playing my mom, okay, tell little Kathy, I want to kill myself tell her. And she's six years old, right? Which is my life. So the woman walks over, she's playing my mom and she's like, I want to kill myself. And she gives it to this little girl. And then she's like, now play, have someone play your father. And so they have this guy, there's one guy in our group. Only one guy was in our group. And so he comes over, he plays my dad. She's like, now have him tell little Kathy something. And um, he said to little Kathy, I hate my marriage. I'm not in love with your mother, which is my life, right? So she says, okay, now have him give her this big pillow. And they keep going. And she brings another pillow. And he brings another pillow. There were these huge pillows in the room. And everyone's crying at the end. We're all just standing there, right? And my, the therapist turns to me and she puts her hand on me and she says, can you see her? And physically, you, can't, you couldn't at this point. She was carrying like a stack of these pillows. And I say, no. And she says, what do you want to do about it? And I said, I don't want her to hold that stuff anymore. And she said, yeah, I think it's time. I think it's too much. What do you think? And I said, yeah, it's, I can't, I can't even look at it. And she goes, all right, so you're going to go over to little Kathy. Why don't you get rid of those pillows? So I go over there throw the pillows off. And then she comes over to me, the therapist. She says, now you're going to whisper to her. And I want you to say to her, you don't have to live here anymore. Tell her. I say, you don't have to live here anymore. And she says, tell her again. I say, you don't have to live here anymore. And she goes, now tell her, tell her I'm coming to get you. So I say, I'm coming to get you. And she says, okay, so get her, pick her up. So I pick this woman up and I hug this woman. And uh, can you guys just imagine what that did for me? So that was one of the most powerful experiences of my life. And I highly recommend, you don't, I mean, onsite is amazing at this kind of work, but there are a lot of therapists that do psychodrama, which is what that is, where you go back and you do like a family something. And I highly, highly, highly recommend because do you understand that in that moment, that took an hour for us to go through that for me, that moment that I was there for a week, but that piece took like an hour. That moment for me, it was like a direct hit. It went in all the way, like all the way in, 
right? And, you know, we have these neural pathways in our brains and we have these experiences as children that like create the, the programming, right? It's like the days of wet cement. You know, in the cement, you can put paw prints, you can write your name and then the cement dries and that's it, right? It's in there now. You walk past that person's house and you see the kids, you know, handprints. When you're children up to the age of eight, like whatever comes in, it kind of like stays in there. So people have asked the question, well, what can we do to put new stuff in there? And there are ways actually to have these kind of experiences, these moments where like you hike Mount Kilimanjaro, like that'll go in, that'll reprogram you to some degree. So that kind of experience kind of reprograms you. And I knew that when I came back from onsite, that things were different for me. And one thing that's really nice, Lowell, will you explain the two degrees thing that they, that they shared with us? Because I think it's super powerful. Uh, yeah, I mean, I guess this, this, the idea is, you know, when somebody wants to change, um, you know, like New Year's resolutions and someone's like, I'm going to go to the gym every day and I'll go to the gym every day for like two weeks and then they'll stop and it doesn't work because it's kind of like too dramatic of a change. It's not really like an integrated thing. And, and their thing was like, you know, you're not going to walk out of here a totally different person. It's not, you know, you're still you. And just think of it like, rather than trying to do a 180 change, you're trying to do two degrees. And, you know, that will be huge. Uh, you know, like, I don't know if they gave this example or you did, Kathy, but, you know, if, like a ship, you know, sets course and then they change, you know, two degrees on a ship, you're going to end up probably in a different country, you know, or certainly in a different country, you know, different part of the world. So that's the thing of like, anytime you do something, it doesn't have to be massive, you know, massive change overnight. A little incremental change is totally amazing if you can do it. Yeah. And when you get to onsite, there's a, a beautiful engraving that says, trust the process. And it's really an important thing for all of us, especially now, like in quarantine, it's like, what the hell is going on? This is so uncomfortable. But I really believe that things don't happen to us. They happen for us. Everything in my life that I hated going through turned out to be such an incredible gift for me. I thank my parents now because for all the garbage and all the trauma, I would 100% not be the person I am and I wouldn't be doing the work I'm doing and I wouldn't have the drive and the mission and the like, I got to get out of bed like a lion every day because I feel so called to bring people home. Like I feel it's my work. So, and that gives me tremendous pleasure and reward. So trust the process. And yeah, like Lowell was saying, if you took a ship and you turned the dial two degrees, the ship doesn't wind up in the same place. It winds up in a different continent. Take it two degrees and go, five miles out, 20, 30, a thousand, boom, totally different place. So these little changes that we make are massive, massive. And, and that's why I spend so much of my energy, my time, like on self-development, always, always, always. I have been in therapy since I'm 15. And anytime I meet someone who I'm like, that's a great experience. That's a great coach. That's a good, it's like, cause that is, this is what's going on. This is the business. This is everything. It's like here, <laughs> you know, it's all going on in here. That was like a, a life raft going um, there because I think we both came back with a little bit more of that little child in us. And 
we had, we had a week to give that kid a hug and go, Oh, you went through some crap. Um, you okay. You'll be fine. <laughs> you know? And then we both came back and it was less about like, it's you, it's you, it's you, it's you. Like I used to feel, and sometimes I still do cause I'm human and I have all my own, you know, I'm still the same person with all the same triggers. I'm just a little bit better at dealing with it. You know, I'm just better, a little better. Right. Um, but it's so easy to be like, it's my husband's fault. It's all him. Like there have been so many times in my life where everything's coming up roses, everything's on fire, everything's amazing. And damn it, it's like my marriage is so hard. And I'm like, how is this? Like, why is this so hard? Everything else is aces, it's all green lights. And then, and then, and then, like I come home from some like incredible, I speak to like 2000 people and then I come home and like, we're in a fight. I'm like, do you understand? I was just doing this and blah, 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 blah. And he's like, wow, like, take a look at yourself. You know what I mean? Like check yourself, you know? And I'm like, but look at the juxtaposition. I don't need this in my life. It's like, this is my, we had this amazing um, friend who said, if you want to know what your work is in this life, look at your spouse. This is your work. This is your work. You know, it's not as hard to go to work it's much harder to be in a relationship because this is where all your buttons get pressed. You know, this is where all the stuff comes up. Lowell, do you have anything to say about your own little kid and what you've learned that triggers you? Because I know what it um, is. You know what it is? <laughs> what do you think it is? Uh, you need space. You don't want to be controlled. You need autonomy because you didn't have a lot of space or self. Uh <laughs> yeah, I guess that's, that sounds about right. Um, yeah, other thing, I don't know exactly. It's always hard to know, you know, it, it, it's always hard to see yourself, you know, because you don't always have that perspective. But yeah, I feel like a lot of times in what that stuff we'll argue about is when I feel like, you, you know, from my perspective, you're, you're, you know, it seems like you're being a bit controlling and, and stuff like that. So that certainly, that certainly comes up. Yeah. And it's a hard dynamic because you picked somebody who's a very assertive and a real wallflower. wallflower, Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And you're very, very passive. And then I'll be like, come on, come on. Let's go. That's that's commentary. um, What about the book? (laughs) Well, what about the book you read, the attachment book that you read, which you, I didn't read, but you loved it. You told everybody to read it. Yes. It's a, it's like a New York times bestseller. It's no secret, but it talks about people's attachment methods and everybody has it. Um, I'd never heard of it before. There's three kinds. There's like secure attachment. And that typically is if somebody had like a great uh, childhood, somebody just wrote avoided. Yeah. So, so, you know, there's secure and that's people who had like good childhoods and they got along with their parents and you know, this, that, and the other thing. Uh, then there's avoidant. And then there is, what was the other one? Anxious. Anxious. So, and so it's about 25% of people are anxious. 25% of people are avoidant. And it was just sort of a, a kind of very eye-opening to me just because, again, it's like it's lurking in the background for everybody. Everybody is one of those three, and you just kind of don't know it. And so, you know, if two people are both secure, then they might get along, you know, in a more or less volatile kind of way. But you, you know what I mean? So it's one of those things where they have all these quizzes in the book and all this stuff, and you take a quiz about yourself, you take a quiz about your spouse. Well, you gave me the quiz. Um, I, I gave you the quiz. Yeah, I took the quiz. I gave. Anyone want to guess which one I was? The winners okay. are anxious. Anxious was the is was the winner. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And which um, one were you? Well, do you remember which one you were? I was well because you it ranks all three for you. So you know what I mean because it's usually it's not like a hundred percent. So I think I was 
mostly avoidant. Then I was secure, or I can't remember. But I was avoidant. <laughs> no, you were avoidant the, and then the anxious. Height. Is that what it was? Yeah. Um, oh, is that what it was? Oh, I can't remember. I can't remember. Um, so yeah, that's that's our dance. Is like he'll go into his cave. When our old therapist used to say, like, I'm like a wave and you're like an island, right? And I'm like trying to get you out to talk. So it's like we used to do that dance a lot where you would like withdraw if we got into a fight and then I would be like, come on, come on, come on. And then it would make it worse. And I was like super, super anxious well, we to try to get, yeah. we still do that, but not as much, maybe just not as much in quarantine. I don't know. Quarantine has been, we've been so much better in quarantine. I would say this last six weeks is better than any six weeks we've ever had. And I'm not exactly sure why, but I have some theories. Should we take a couple of the questions? Lowell? Yes. Okay. All right. Well, this one's for you. What struggles come with being married to a dreamer? Um, okay, I will do my best. Um, what's it like to be married to a dreamer? So I'll say that, that you know, again, there's like most things, there's a, a, a good side and a not so good side. The good side is kind of like what I talked about before, which is, you know, it's a good compliment to me. You know, I'm, I'm kind of more like the, uh, you, you know, you kind of go to school, you get a decent job, you make a decent living and you have a decent retirement. Whereas Kathy's like, no, we got to do everything big. Um, so it's kind of like, all right. So she goes out and swings for the fences much more than I do. And that's what makes her happy. And that's, that's great. You know, so we're, we're just different people and we interact with the world differently. And there's nothing wrong with that. Um, the, the way we run into trouble is a few things. One is, you know, spending habits are quite different. And so... <laughs> that becomes a problem also in terms of like, you know, where to live, how to spend our time, you know, like it's just different. You know, a lot of times if I approach things like I think a little more practically or Kathy, you know, it's like, Hey, where do you want to live? So she'll describe an emotion. It's like, well, that doesn't do me any good about where to live. You know, <laughs> you want to live somewhere where you're happy and you can feel your feet on the ground. This, that it's like, okay, that doesn't, you call any realtor that they're not going to do anything for you. You know what I mean? So it feels like a little bit of, you know, a dreamer is good because they sort of think of things that I wouldn't think of, but at the same time, you know, it kind of runs up against, you know, some practicality issues. I remember when we were, I think it was before we, we were still living in an apartment at the time and we were trying to buy a house and, you know, it was kind of showing Kathy kind of like, okay, well, here's kind of, you know, what we can afford in the areas we're looking for. And she's like, I don't want that. And I was like, well, what, what do you want? She goes, I deserve more than that. And I was like, well, I don't think a bank cares what you deserve. That's not, that's not how the, the, the world works at this point. Maybe in the future, it'll be based on what people deserve. But, so, so stuff like that. I think the truth is that one of the hardest things is that some mornings I'll wake up and I'll go, what's going to make today epic? And you're like, can we just have a Sunday? Like, can we not do that? And I'm like, no, it's going to be epic. What are we going to do today? All right, so we'll make cherry pie from scratch. We've or never we'll, done that one time. No, whatever. well, we just made <laughs> banana bread from scratch two days ago. It uh, was not very delicious. But the point is, is I'm always like, and then you'll be like, can't we just have like a normal day? And I'm like, no, because life is short. And like part of it is you do find that exhausting. And there are a lot of times where I will compare us to where I think that we should be and like, I'm so growth oriented and I'm like, shouldn't you also be like doing this, 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 and this. And it, it's not as good as it could be. It's not like, I always want it to be sort of right. There is that. 
there is that for sure. I'm like so driven that there's definitely sometimes where you need to find the balance. And I think you take the brunt of that sometimes. Okay. Another question is for you, Lowell. I think you're uh, no, selecting these I'm questions. just literally reading them in order. How do you deal with someone putting in so much extra time to a side hustle if it's not your dream? Wait, so you're, you're doing the side hustle, like how it started? Yeah, well, yeah, yes. Yes. Oh, yes. Have you okay. been here for the last decade? That's I have. Been. I have. As you know, how far. Like, how do you deal with the time. fact that your wife is putting so much extra time, like in the evenings or during the day and, and it's see. not even I your see. dream and she's adding all of her extra energy to that thing? I see. Um, I don't mind that at all. I kind of look at it like our, our kids are, I think, tearing down the house while we're down here. <laughs> to me, it's never been an issue because, you know, again, I kind of want Kathy to be herself and if that's what makes her happy that's you know what I want her to do and you know it hasn't I mean you do spend quite a bit of time obviously doing your you know the podcast and all the other things but you're certainly here with me and the kids quite a bit and I don't I don't feel you know what I mean I don't feel like it's it's not like you're leaving the house at 6 a.m and coming back at you know yeah. two in the morning so I think it's kind of all you know kind of all worked out and you know this is kind of what you know you know what i mean like yeah you know i know when you teach your courses you know helping people find their passion you know and a lot of people have a passion they know what it is and a lot of people think they have a passion and they kind of want to hone it um and there's some people that just don't have one and ultimately may never have one but i feel like you know you have one or more <laughs> um and so yeah you know i totally encourage you to kind of deal on that well, two things. One, I think you like space. So it's like, if you've got space, like, fine. When we were first married, we had a huge fight, which I mean, so many huge fights. Could you remember. be more specific? Yeah, exactly. But one of these fights, I remember I was so mad at you and Gabrielle was like 10 months old. So I like took Gabrielle like out of the house. I even brought like, I don't know, like her, maybe something that she could sleep in. Cause I thought I was like going to leave for the night. I went to my, one of my best friend's house and then I was there till like 10 o'clock at night. And then I decided to go back home. And then I came to the door and you already had the alarm on. You were rushing your teeth. Like, Oh, you're back. I figured you'd come back in the morning. How you doing? Come back. In. Oh, no, like, I actually didn't know you were gone. You didn't know I, I was thought, gone. I thought you went upstairs to but the But you were fine. It was like, yeah. I was like, oh, I had left. I was so mad. I, I was making a point. And you're like, oh, are you okay now? Oh, good. Come on inside. <laughs> but like, you were like, we need to go. Go. Go for, come back. Whatever. Whatever. Like, like you and space goes really well together. So that was kind of funny. But um, <laughs> the other thing I do want to say right now, Lowell's right. I am here. And here's the thing is that really and truly, I swear, if I sat down with you and we built out, here you are, and you want to make six figures or seven figures by this time, what do you need to do to do that? I'm telling you that most people are not working on the stuff that they even need to work on. I'm telling you that if you spent 45 minutes a day working on the stuff that will actually move your business forward you're going to be in business. You don't have to work 10 hours a day. So much of the stuff people work on, this busy stuff is filler. Like if you can front load your day with like, make those three phone calls, get that one piece of content out there, make that survey and figure out what that person needs. And you know what it all, what sums that all up is giving yourself the grace to just freaking do the things, not perfectly. 
Because when you're courageous and you put your crown on and you give yourself permission to make the call, do the podcast, write the blog, create the content, sell that person that offer, you're moving mountains. It doesn't have to take all day. And I want to say something about this. First, that courage piece is no, no joke. I have now talked to, literally, I've talked to hundreds of thousands of people in the last three years, which is mind-blowing. And the consistent thing that comes up in everybody's way is they don't give themselves permission to go and do the thing. They just don't. I'm not anointed. Let that person do it. Let so-and-so do it. I, who am I to do it? It's like, that's the ocean to cross. If you can cross that ocean and then you can systematically be like, I got 45 minutes. I got 45 minutes. Like I built my music business during nap time. Then I built the podcast juggling the kids. Like, so I had to do this messy. It had to be messy and it had to be now and it had to be courage because it wasn't, I couldn't get it perfect. And no, I don't twiddle around on my website for 14 hours. No, I don't worry about the copy. No, I don't do slideshows. No, there's no fancy funnels. There's no webinars. There's no, it is just get real and get courageous and do the damn thing. And then it gets really real and really and one, one of the things about Kathy I was, could go off on that can you not tell she, <laughs> yeah. um, one of the things about Kathy uh, along those lines is that just based on the work in line of work that I was in you you know tends to have a lot of prep time and like you know checking things more so than than Kathy and that's kind of one of the ways where I feel like we're different but yet I feel like it's certainly a strength for Kathy I remember she uh, right before she launched her first online course she said, oh, I found some woman online who teaches a course. And she goes, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to launch one too. And I said, okay, that sounds like a good idea. And so I think within like a week, I don't know how long it took, but it was like a week and she like launched a course. And I remember in my head, I'm like, oh my God, I, this would have taken me much longer. You know, I, you know, I would have watched 10 other people's courses first. Then I would have, you know, created some slides, proofed it, tested it on people. And, and she was like already like launched. And, you know, I think it's one of those things where it certainly worked. And then also, you know, a lot of the people kind of in her professional slash social circles, you know, it seems kind of like the people that are doing really well are the ones that are, you know, like she says, giving themselves permission to kind of don't overthink it. Uh, you know, obviously you're doing your best. But yeah, don't hamstring yourself so much. Oh my God. And you know, the thing is, no one wants those fancy slides. No one wants you sitting there all curated and perfect and all this stuff. People want connection, empathy. People want real. People want to feel this. Like I can't stand those ads that show up on my Facebook feed with those beautiful shots and everything's perfect. And the guy's like, so here's what we realized. Do you want to do this too? Click below. And I'm like, F you. Like, I don't like you at all. I don't trust you. Go away. You know? So I launched my first course eight months pregnant with Maddie and I knew she was coming in like 11. I don't know. She, it's not really nine months. It's 10 months. It's 40 weeks. So I was like somewhere in the summer and she was due in September and I didn't have the time. And I was like, I'm going to just do this. And so I put it out there and that very first course launch made $147,000. It was a, a songwriting course. I was like, this is insane. And it was amazing. And people got so much out of it. And then I did it again. And they get the next course made 440 grand or something like that. And then the next one made a million. And then, the ne- and then I launched like 15 other courses. Like I did a podcasting course. I did a, I've done so many programs at this point and they're so fun. And oh my God, I wish I could teach each of you immediately. God, there's so many people too. That's the thing. We live in such a scarcity mentality. You guys We're like, everyone's lost their jobs. Nobody has money. It's like, 
there are so many people right now signing up and buying earrings online, going shopping, looking for arts and crafts for their kids, looking to sign up for yoga classes, looking to take online courses. And by the way, the world has changed. The world is so different. Even when they say, you know, here's the hall pass, you can all go outside. The confidence in being out is going to be different for a while. And so people are going to want to do things online and connect and have deeper, meaningful connections. I've been saying this for so long. A year ago, 1.6 1.6 million Americans tried to commit suicide. 54% of our country had, was suffering from depression. We were already suffering from isolation. And I think now might be a actual positive because I've been finding that I've been Zooming and talking to people who I don't usually do that with, but I now make it a priority, right? It's like there's a, there's a level up in making connection important as well as for the people in our homes. And I think that there's so much that we can create that doesn't have to be plastic. We don't have to go make stuff. We can just create connection. We can be selling that, selling time together, memberships, programs, like everybody has a different, I'm trying to learn how to cook right now. You know how much I'd want to join a program that could teach me easy stuff. My kids are home for the summer with nothing to do. Do you know how many people are going to be looking for stuff for their kids to do something interactive, something cool, send a box to my house. Let's make some stuff over the computer. Like there's so many opportunities right now to serve human beings and there's billions of us, billions, right? Last year, there were 18.4 million new millionaires in this country. Okay. So there's a lot of people who would right now be spending money on their spring trips or Coachella, they're looking to spend that money right now, you know? So it's, it's just where you're looking and it's just what you're looking at and how we're, how we're serving in this time. But yeah, I mean, it's, it's just been amazing what has come for us, but it has to do with courage and not overthinking it. And we are so different like that. Like my husband is one of the funniest people ever. And everyone has told you that every single person since we've been together is like, it comes out of their mouth. It's some, Oh my God, he's so funny. Oh my God. Or people who just meet you, they'll say it like they've discovered it. Like we'll be having them like, your husband is so funny. I'm like, really? You think so? Yeah, he's really funny. Um, Lol, this is another question for you. Do you have judgment from having the wife be the main breadwinner? Is there anyone judging outside, inside? Are there any judgers for that? I'm sure. feel self-conscious about? (laughs) Not at all. (laughs) You're sure. No, I'm sure people judge everything. Okay, someone said, yes, do you personally judge yourself? Uh, Yeah, I think we kind of sort of addressed that one already, which is like, I I don't, you know, again, if I make a dollar, that's a dollar we have. If you make money, I I don't care who's making the money. We just need to make money to sustain ourselves. And, you know, again, like career, I don't really, whatever I do, I'll try to, you know, work hard at it, do my best at it, but I don't, it's not who I am, you know, kind of what I do for a living, so. To me, it's all upside. Anything you do, and if you're happy doing it, then it's all great. And you know what also was nice is that the world you came from, which is, it's interesting, but before he wasn't working, he worked at Fox Sports for a long time. And both of your senior people were women, correct? Three of them. Yeah. Your direct boss and then her boss. Yeah. And then the the general counsel. And then the general counsel. So he kind of came in with this like, yeah, women make money or like it's, you know, and all, I don't know for sure. And it's not our job to speculate, but I have a feeling that in some of those cases, that woman is the main breadwinner also. And so you saw that. 
not really, maybe in one of the cases, but yeah, no, no, no. I mean, I guess since I've been, you know, a lawyer, like I, I don't see it as a gender issue at all. I think I've reported to a woman in pretty much every old job I've had. And I grew up in a, a very female centric home. So that's really just never been a, an issue. Very female centric because his dad <laughs> passed away when he was a kid and he has a sister and a mom and then he had three daughters. So you are just... Well, so and then there's no men in the, the family here. Yeah, my like, sister's yeah. single, his sister, my mom. There's just no... You're just glutton for punishment. Just <laughs> a, lot, a lot of glitter and Barbies. And, <laughs> and, and I have to say on that thing too, like when we were having kids, every time we'd have another one, people were like, oh, are you hoping it's a boy? Like, you know, and then, oh, are you sad you had another girl? Oh, you have three girls. Was that a bummer? And you were like... No, why do people ask me that? What is that? You were like, I don't get that. And then I even said to you when we found out, I was like, are you disappointed? That would be normal. You can, and you were like, I'm really not. I would tell you. I've even asked you in therapy. And you're like, I'm really not. I, I like it. It's really fine. I don't know why. Why do you feel that way? How come you didn't want to have a kid that was a boy? Uh, I did against- not want to have a boy. No, it's not. It, no, it's neither. I had no preference. It was just sort of like whatever we're blessed to have is is amazing and that's fine uh, you know what i mean so i certainly wouldn't have been disappointed with a boy but the, i don't know i just never really saw it in terms of gender you know what's really nice about you too you're not one of those dads who's like i'm good with it but let me try to make these girls into boys like there's some dads <laughs> that are like that like she's gonna play baseball she's gonna do this let's go you love the dodgers yeah you love them i love them too like what and it, i mean there's just none of that it's just kind of like whatever but i will say there's been some fighting in the house between you and me because at night those kids get riled up. Like they do this thing now where Maddie, our three-year-old, she comes racing and she like, she wrestles Lowell. She scratches him. She gets on his back and, and I'm like, you're revving her up. He's like, I'm not revving. I'm like, yes, you are. It's got to go to bed. And then we start fighting and he's like, don't condescend me in front of the kids. I'm like, and he's like, look, she scratched me. I'm like, stop it. Stop it. I get so mad. We had such a fight about it last night. And everyone's crying. I'm like, you're, and he's like, I can't take it. I can't take it. She comes, she goes, let's get him. And she goes, so, can you describe what she's like? I can't describe she, it. I think it's like a gremlin. She goes, oh, she's like, do it, Gabrielle. Get him, get him. And then they all get on you. And then and everyone's crying. It's never good. It always starts out cute and funny, but then awful at the end. Yeah. Well, I think they don't, they don't sleep well in the same room. That's when you get all three in the same room. I think that's the key is not, uh, not to get them all in the same room. Well, yeah. So you guys, we didn't really have a formal thing. Our, Our formal plan for today was to do this, was to just hang out and talk and see where it went. I feel like I, the last thing I want to do is come across like we have a perfect life because we just don't. Um, we, we get into it like everybody else. I really want to be a, a sounding board actually for people who, when you struggle, like, you know, it was interesting a few weeks ago, I was so upset with you, you right there. Um, I was so upset with him. And um, I had one of those mornings where I questioned everything. I was like, why did I marry this person? What am I doing? Like, it sucks. I went into in our guest room. I was looking out the window, which by the way, when Lowell's around, he closes all the windows. Like, I'm like, leave the windows open. He's like, there's people walking by. They could look in. They could, I'm like, oh, who cares? Anyway, we're so different. So I was looking out the window and I posted how upset I was. And some people were like, I totally hear you. Thanks for being vulnerable. And then some people sent me messages like, oh my God, are you okay? Wow. 
wow, what's wrong? And I was like, what? Aren't you alive? Don't you ever get upset with your partner and take a walk and go, what the hell did I do? How did I wind up here? What road? I I want people to see that stuff. And then we'll have other days where I'm like, I feel so grateful and he's so sweet. And that's true too. And you know what I realized, Lowell, that I do is when things are really good is I play that down. And I probably should not do that too. Because I feel... I have a hard time. Like I want so much to be relatable that when things are good, I'll be like, yeah, but it'll, it'll be bad in a few days. Just wait around, but I should enjoy it when it's good. But it, it's definitely both. I just want you guys to see the realness of it. Cause we, we don't have like this. I hate when people post those photos on Facebook and they're like, here's our family photo shoot. Like we all wore gingham and it's like, like, ew, none of that. So anytime, anytime I post a photo, even when we are getting along, even when something is beautiful, I will always say this photo is a culmination of the fights you don't see, the therapy you don't see, and this was a good moment or blah, blah, blah. Like I always want to, I don't want to be part of the problem. You know what I'm saying? I don't like that stuff. Um, Because we're in quarantine and the last thing we need is to be judging ourselves and looking at other people and like, look how perfectly they are living this life. Like, what are we doing? How are you guys getting food, by the way? Uh, That's my last question. Are you guys finding that like a... Like we have a whole thing. Like Lowell's got to gear up. He's got to go to the door. He's put on the mask, got the gloves, wipes it all down. It's insane. Yeah, you order stuff. You don't get it for 10 days, right? How is that going for you guys? Are you, are you able to – what's your secret? Because when we do the order on Instacart, then when they go to get it, they have nothing. So they bring us – like yesterday, <laughs> we looked insane because the order – we were sitting on our front – uh, steps and the kids were scootering and then two people we knew walked by which hasn't happened at all this whole time so everybody was kind of trying to distance but was standing outside which was weird unusual anyway then the instacart person came and what she had with her was three <laughs> bottles of rosé bed and jerry's ruffles potato chips i go i swear i ordered good things and she's like oh they were all out of avocados and i'm like how did i i wound up with rosé potato chips and bed and jerry's and then there was one at orange juice because you were like, oh, I went into the cart and added that. I'm like, how do we have nothing? Like, seriously, this is why we're all getting fat because I'm eating garbage. I just want like a vegetable to come to the door. Like when that head of broccoli came the other day, I was like, oh my God, a broccoli head, broccoli. Like I can eat this. Like there's, I can't get vegetables. I can't get anything healthy. Where is it? Just- well, someone said uh, plant vegetables in the garden. That'll keep you busy. I mean, that sounds good, but can I do that? How quickly does that take? How do, what is a radish? How long does it take to grow a lettuce? Of all the things you want to do, radish? I don't actually. I just think radish. That's like gardeny. That's like Peter Rabbit, right? Yeah, we don't need any of that. We don't need any of that. We, do, we eat a red pepper. We eat a cucumber. We eat a lettuce leaf. A you carrot. Do a, or some fruit or some vegetables. But how long does that take? I don't know. Does that take Google. a year? Weeks? Oh, we can do weeks, right? Yeah. Two weeks. Oh, God. Lowell, what, what do you want to say to wrap up to make people feel good in their hearts? Uh, I would like to say, I, I guess, like you said at the beginning, if, you know, a lot of times when you see people online, everything they do is perfect and, you know, their life is so easy. So I guess I'm here to show that Kathy's life isn't that easy. What do you so, always say? Which one? Mm-hmm. You say, I give you resistance so you can rise like a phoenix. 
Right. You always say that. Yes. Uh, so no, so that's, uh, and basically, you know, again, this was just an attempt at being messy and, you know, kind of seeing behind the scenes of Kathy, you know, someone who's in certain ways wildly successful, um, but at the same time is just, you know, a regular person. So if this was helpful. Uh, well, let me ask way, you this one funny thing that would be interesting. What's your biggest dumb, like pet peeve of mine? Uh, okay. Oh, you uh, were, oh. Oh, I've, that that I have a right list prepared. That. That oh, I prepared. Oh, right over here. Here's my list. <laughs> Hold on, it's a very tall piece of paper. Um, <laughs> so, when it comes to things around the house, whether it's toothpaste or whether it's drinks or food or snacks, or even I saw a sandwich today. We ordered sandwiches yesterday, and then she just put it in the fridge, like not even wrapped, like the paper was open. So she doesn't wrap anything and we, we lose all kinds of food and like uh, wipes, like these disinfectant wipes that are like impossible to get. And she like left the top of the lid open. So they like dried out. That's a crime in these, in these times. So stuff like that. You don't put stuff, lids or caps or tighten anything back up. Okay. (laughs) That's true. Do you You know what it is? I like the option of going back to it. Like I have that thing. I do feel that way. Like I'm like, this iced tea, I'll kind of close it up because I know I want it still. I want to have the option and the flexibility to go back if I want. That's what it is. It's there. I I guess you you, you (laughs) overestimate how tight. And the toothpaste to do that every day and undo it. I'm going to use it again in six hours. I'm going to take it off. We we have uh, two sinks. And so I always make sure we each have our own toothpaste. So she'll go get my toothpaste, even though she has her own at her own sink. That that seems I like egregious. to get yours because yours is a better flavor. It looks flavor. nicer. Yeah. It's a better flavor. I give it the same flavor. No, I you gave me the, the one that's more harsh, and yours is a little bit more minty. Yeah. Yours is the jelly one, and mine's the white one. The white one is more tart, and the one that was like the clear, translucent blue one, it tastes you could have You can have toothpaste of your choice. We'll, well live I'm it up. I'm telling you. We'll go online after uh, this, and we'll order you the toothpaste of your dreams, and then, uh, and then we'll keep them in the separate lanes. Okay, my biggest pet peeve with you, and you know what it is. I think we're out of time. Yeah, I'll tell you what it is. I have about 15 though. But my biggest one, which is really, it's not a pet peeve anymore. This is an (laughs) epic therapy conversation and all of you are going to know what I'm talking about. But this man is surgically attached to his phone. And I'm like, you're not working. What are you doing? He's like, I'm writing jokes. I got to be up on it. I'm like, what are you doing? He's like, I got a thing. So this is what it looks like. I'll be like, lol. And he's like, yep. And he's like, okay, cool. And I'm like, I'm not done. I literally, and he's like, I thought you were finished. I thought you were done. I'm like, I get like 15 second windows to have a moment. And then he's back and he's like, I'm doing a thing. I'm ordering a thing. I'm bu- 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 bu. like, you're on it. So, I mean, I, that phone, man. And you in, know, in my great? defense, oh, here he goes. In, in my defense, you guys might know this. Kathy talks a lot. That's true. So, and she doesn't give any, she, she runs it like the local news. She'll just give like a little local news teaser of like, oh my God, I've got the best story in the world. And then she jumps to four other stories. <laughs> and so I don't know what's coming. I don't know what's going. I don't know. I, I, I was like, did you tell me that? Because usually it tells me a sad story. There's always a sad story in every day. So it's very hard to know what, what I'm dealing with. And I've told her, please always start with the most important and then work your way down. No, you literally like local say, interest. you're like, run it like a meeting. You're like, come in. 
Tell me what the what's on the agenda. How many stories? Tell me about you go. Tell me approximately how many <laughs> minutes you're gonna talk. Well, and tell me the punchline first. Like what happened with the business? No, no, thing? Okay, what no, happened no, no. with that? You yes, go, don't just somebody, start the story and then I don't no, know. Because no, most what's people coming. say most it's ridiculous. No, because most if you ever get a text from somebody, they'll say, Everyone is okay, but here's what happened, right? Because I want you to know. Kathy doesn't do that. She'll just start in on the store and you're like, okay, did somebody die? And she's like, hold on. And she like won't, she's like milking it to make it a better story. Like, no, I'm no. just telling you the story. And, and, and then you're like, just cut to the end. Just cut to the end. Yeah. I'm like, I need to tell, just hold on. Yeah. Well. And then also he doesn't celebrate anything. So if I'm like, oh my God, this happened. He'll be like, that's good. I'm like, my mom sang at Roxbury Park, like, which is a local park for senior citizens. And she made a very 70, nice park. <laughs> she made $75. <laughs> and that was like 10 months ago. And I mentioned it to you and you go, that's excellent. I go, oh my God. When I tell you that Coca-Cola wants to do this collaboration, you're like, it's good. I go, she made $75 singing for 12 senior citizens. You're like, that's excellent. I go, what's the difference? You're like, oh, I don't know. So you don't celebrate with me. It's a true story. That actually happened. I got a book deal and we had like a day where like three uh, publishing companies, you know, offered us money and I called Lowell. I'm like, okay. And he goes, what's in the contract? Then I'm like, stop, this happened. Celebrate. He's like, you're always like, tell them what you say. This will close with this. Good times. Tell them about good times. That's, that's happens in our life every day on a daily basis. Oh, the, the audience is too young for that, but there was you know an old good show, times is, you guys, good times. show called Good Times with AJ Walker. Walker. J- yeah, go ahead. Uh, but basically they lived in the projects of Chicago and every episode, not every episode, but many episodes were them celebrating when they're about to make it big uh, and then make it out of the, the projects. It's similar to like Gilligan's Island. Like, uh, you know, every time they're about to get off the island, something goes horribly wrong because otherwise the show couldn't go on but anyway so kathy likes to celebrate anytime there's like a positive piece of information usually i'm much more practical like okay was that signed is it in a contract you know do they you know write a check you know as opposed to like you know we had a meeting and someone loved this thing so no but even when things happen you'll be like okay let's just yeah right so you're a little bit like a wet blanket (laughs) (laughs) okay yeah Cockeyed optimist. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying it's, it's not all fun and games, but yeah. So we're planning to do these. Maybe like we'll try with like a few just to see if you guys like it. If you really like it, we'll keep doing it. If you hate it, we'll stop. Um, if you really, really like it, maybe we'll put it on its own feed and do it like separately. But I kind of felt like you might want to see behind the scenes, like real life stuff. And then the framework was we figured we have these real chats, but then maybe also interview like, amazing marriage therapist, family therapist. You guys could let us know, like, who would you want us to interview? But we could interview sex therapists. That'd be interesting. Oh, God, we could have so many conversations about, don't get me started. That'll be a whole other thing. But um, we can even have, like, financial experts and planners talking about couples and, like, work stuff. We can also interview couples, like other podcasters with their wives or their husbands, um, and talk about women like how they're also breadwinners and what it's like and what it's like for their husbands. We can also just interview couples that we, we admire, like our friends, you know? So anyway, I loved this time. This was a really fun way to hang out in the middle of a quarantine Sunday. Is it the most we've talked in weeks? 
Oh yeah, you and I. And our <laughs> our kids didn't run in. It's amazing. There's a three year old out there. Yeah, that's Nobody's why I think the damage her. is going to be extensive when we. Well, right examine. before we came on, she was opening the tie dye. Thank God I caught that because I wa- I was walking into this and I saw her filling up bottles of tie dye. I'm like Maddie, <laughs> like I'm gonna make it blue. I'm like, no, you're not doing anything in the counter. Anyway, so I hope you guys enjoyed this. You guys are the sweetest oh. people. You made us feel like a million bucks. So have a blessed week. Stay healthy. And I'll see you next time. Okay. So what did you think? You will not offend me either way, but definitely DM me on Instagram and let me know if you're here for this, if you liked it, if you didn't like it. No pressure either way. We just thought we might be able to bring a little bit more support right now during such a crazy time to show you what life looks like when it's not all perfect. Like I never want to be one of those people who's like, look at me. I have all the answers. It's like, no, no, no. Let's really get into it. So I think the bottom line is I'm here for you guys, whatever you need. So we'll do a few more of these. If it feels supportive, we'll keep doing it. And if not, we'll stop. And like I mentioned, if you want to be there for one of the next ones that we do, because we're going to do all of these live on Zoom, there's a link in the show notes where you can sign up and we'll let you know when the next one is happening. We're going to be bringing on uh, therapists, uh, all different kinds of therapists from marriage and family therapists, maybe a sex therapist, other fun couples. If you guys end up wanting more of these episodes, we might turn this into a whole separate show. We'll just see how it goes. But for now, we wanted to give you some extra content while we're all in just survival mode. Thank you guys so much for listening. I hope you're having a good weekend. We're still doing our usual Monday and Thursday episodes. So make sure you subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. And I have a huge, huge, huge announcement coming tomorrow. I'm so excited. I'm about to offer something super epic. Thanks to all of you. Um, and we're still doing the star giveaway at the last day of every month. We'll be choosing two of you to win a full scholarship to one of my programs, as well as some don't keep your day job, adorable swag. All you have to do is star subscribe, tag and review. So you're going to subscribe to the podcast, go on your Instagram and post a story about the show, tag a friend, tell them why you like this show, any episode that you like, and then leave us a review and you could take a screenshot and send it to us at hello at don't keep your day job with the subject of star. Uh, we'll enter you into the giveaway. We'll be choosing two of you last day of every month. So get in on that because we'll be choosing two of you very soon. You guys are the absolute best. I will talk to you tomorrow. Sunday nights I would go for a drive And the hills were lit up with their twinkling lights There was a place at a table Someone was waiting for everyone but me And then you came along with your bittersweet eyes All of the heartache you'd seen in your time And we met in the middle truth was so simple you made me believe we can fly away home fly away home i used to hide under the sheet